Pride, open up to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, I'm going to start off with uh, verse 13 and go through 15 this morning. Hallelujah. It says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward or pressing forward toward those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. The word the Lord put upon my heart this morning is to talk about the importance of maintaining spiritual vision in our life. Maintaining spiritual vision. You see, spiritual vision gives you and I the ability to see through the storms of life and it keeps us pressing on toward the goal to complete it. It's what the Holy Spirit through Paul said, it's a pressing forward, pressing toward the mark, amen? Now, listen to this. It's interesting that right after Paul told the Philippians that he's pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus, he then went on to say this. He said, let us as many as are mature have this mind or have this same attitude. See, your ability, my ability to stay focused on God's plan for our life is in direct proportion to the level of spiritual maturity that we have as a Christian. Amen? Just, just chew on it. It'll, it'll, it'll pop in your mind here in, in the near future. But see, uh, then, so then Paul goes on to say in Philippians 3 that after talking about being mature, he said, if you're otherwise minded, or if you're thinking something else other than pressing forward, it says God will reveal this even unto you. Now, that's interesting because you've got to remember the Holy Spirit is always trying to bring us back into line with God's plan for our life. He's always trying to line us up with the will of God. Now, I want to, I want to take a look at a church here that lost its spiritual vision. Go to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. And I'm going to look at verses 1 through 7 here. It says, this is Jesus speaking. The words are in red. It says, to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Lamp I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have, and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, say nevertheless. I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Say repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. You see, the church at Ephesus left its first love. Their love, their zeal for Jesus Christ grew cold. 
This is basically what happened in a nutshell. You ready for this? A religious system took, prior, pri, took priority over a meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. It became dead works instead of love motivating their actions. Their love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Their spiritual vision became blurred and dim because they failed to fan the flame that was within them. And that literally grieved the Holy Spirit. Amen? See, we are expected to maintain our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, your, lo your love walk, your walk with Jesus is what will allow His power to flow through you for the work of the ministry. I said it's your love walk that's going to allow His power to flow through you. See, the people that were trying to kill Jesus' disciples... The, the, the disciples carried such an anointing on their lives. At one point, it even said the enemies of them said, it said that they took knowledge that they've been with Jesus. That they've been, they, they, they rubbed shoulders with Jesus. In other words, they had a relationship like this with the Lord Jesus Christ. And it proved in their actions because of their love and because of their zeal for the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen. Listen. The outcome and quality of our life as Christians rests heavily on our ability to keep our eyes on and to maintain the vision that the Lord has put on the inside of you. Absolutely. The outcome and quality of our life as a Christian depends on us maintaining spiritual vision. See, it's spiritual vision that motivates us to move forward with God. It's spiritual vision that gives us hope for the future. See, hopeless creeps in when the spiritual vision becomes dim. And without spiritual, clear spiritual vision, without it, we have a tendency to get caught up in drifting aimlessly in God and on this earth and not really knowing what we are doing or where we're going. Look at Proverbs 29, 18. I want to show you something here. Proverbs 29, 18. says this it says where there is no revelation some some uh, scriptures or versions say where there's no vision the people cast off restraint but happy is he who keeps the law see the effectiveness of your life is in direct proportion to how fresh you keep the vision of God that he's given you for your life and ministry that's the secret right there and you know even this, even to the point the rewards that you're going, you and I are going to receive in heaven is in direct proportion to how diligent we were to accomplish the will of God in our life. Have you thought about that lately? The rewards we get in heaven, the rewards we get in heaven are in direct proportion to how faithful we are to carry out that vision. That's why it's so important to keep that vision in front of us. Don't let anything sidetrack you. Amen? Hallelujah. So we need to know the will of God for a corporate sense. How many of you know there's, there's general things we need to know as Christians that's in the word of God? And then there are things we need to know in our personal life. Well, some people are called to be a doctor. Some aren't. Don't try to put a scalpel in my hand. Are you hearing me? Amen. It's important to know the will of God for your life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, so listen. If, if our success in life and ministry is directly related to how fresh we keep spiritual vision in our life, what area do you think the devil's going to try to attack most in your life, in my life? 
See? The devil is always, say always. He's always trying to blur our spiritual vision on this earth. He's always trying to scramble it up. He's trying to always throw us in confusion. He always tries to throw something to get us off course from what we know we're supposed to do. Even with the unbeliever. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says that uh, Satan is literally blinding the minds of the unsaved. He doesn't want that vision to be clear. He doesn't want that revelation to smack him in the face. Because he knows if that revelation smacks him in the face, they're going to realize, I'm not right. I'm a sinner on the way to hell, and I need Jesus as Savior of my life. Amen? So the devil's always trying to put a despair, discouragement, a fear upon believers to get them off track spiritually. Go to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And I want to look at verses 11 through 15. I'm talking about maintaining your spiritual vision. What God has revealed to you about your life personally and corporately as the whole body of Christ. Luke 8, 11 through 15 is the parable of the sower. I want to show you something here. Now the parable is this. So Jesus told the parable. Now he's explaining what it means. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root. Who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, they fall away. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, Go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life and brings, and brings no fruit to maturity. Verse 15, But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. So Jesus refers to the word of God as a seed. And it's interesting that Jesus said in John 10.10 10, that the thief, he's talking about the devil. The devil's a thief, amen? The devil and evil spirits are thieves. He said the thief comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. See, that word of prophecy that was spoken over you, that revelation that the Holy Spirit has given you about your life, about your ministry, that he quickened on the inside of you, did you know the devil comes immediately to try to steal that seed? Immediately, immediately, even today, as you're hearing this word, the seed's being planted. But how many of you know, you walk outside the doors, you, you might be on fire right now, but what's going to happen when the trials come? What's going to happen when, when the temptations come? What's going to happen when the pressure hits you like a brick square in the face? What are you going to do then? Are you hearing me? The devil will try to come immediately. He will work on you. He's going to try to steal that seed that was planted inside of your spirit, man. He's a thief. He's a thief. And when he's successful at doing so, your spiritual vision becomes blurry. Confusion, depression, and discouragement come in. I know I'm talking to someone today. Because I've been there for a couple months just recently and I'm just starting to come out of it. Are you hearing me? See, pastors aren't immune from this thing either. Amen? 
So when the devil's successful at doing so, your spiritual vision, it becomes blurry, confusion, depression. I was telling some people when I was going through that time of just, just heaviness, just when, when the attacks were coming to the church, I would walk into the church, uh, you know, to, to come into the office, and I'd be like, what do, I, what do I do now? What am I doing here? What do you mean? You're supposed to read the word. You're supposed to pray. You're supposed to do this. But the, oh, I'm telling you what, just the confusion comes on you. Am I preaching to anyone today? Have you ever been there? What is going on? That's, that's, that's what I was thinking. What is going on? Well, it's an attack of the devil. All the prophecies that's, that has gone out about this ministry, all the things that are going to happen, the devil, would, he just comes to try to steal that seed. He comes and tries to put depression on you, discouragement, and to throw you off course. Amen? Now, look at, look at America. Judges ruling that the Ten Commandments must be removed from public places. That's been there for ages, years. Ruling that prayer must be stopped in public schools. Friends, this is nothing more than the devil trying to steal the seed of God's word out of places that have incredible influence in our society. It's nothing more than the thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what it is. And ever since those rulings... You can look at the statistics. Evil has been on the rise ever since. Oh, come on now. It's almost like, like a fresh batch of demons were loosed on this country. Are you hearing me? And they're doing their best still to try to steal the seed of God's word so the seed won't be planted in the hearts of men. Hallelujah. So for the most part, America has lost its spiritual vision corporately as a whole. And that's why we need a great awakening in this country. That's why we need a spiritual revival in this country. Amen? See, it was blurred spiritual vision that caused Elijah to run from Jezebel in fear when she threatened to kill him. Right after the fire from heaven came and consumed the sacrifice on a wet altar... Uh, an absolute miracle happened. 450 prophets of Baal, of the enemy, were slain. And then uh, some woman rises up and says, you're going to be dead by this time tomorrow. And that guy, he runs like a baby into the cave. His spiritual vision was blurred. Are you hearing me? It's when spiritual vision has been blurred or distorted that men and women of God depart from their calling on this earth and fall into sin. It's when spiritual vision has been blurred or distorted that Christian parents allow their children to be students of witchcraft by reading and watching Harry Potter. Are you hearing me? It's getting quiet in here. There should be a big amen on that one. Come on now. It's when spiritual vision has been blurred or distorted that division creeps into a local church. It's when spiritual vision has been blurred or distorted uh, and a local church puts their stamp of approval on homosexuality and abortion. I, I, come on now. That, that's, maybe that's not blurred. That's just flat out blindness. That, that's just blindness. Amen? Now, it's interesting. I found something here. In a certain leadership magazine article, a man described what happens when people lose their vision. This is really interesting. Listen. A, he said this, a group of pilgrims landed on the shores of, shores of America about 350 years ago. With great vision and courage, they had come to settle in the new land. In the first year, they established a town. 
In the second, they elected a town council. In the third, the government pro proposed building a road five miles westward into the wilderness. But in the fourth year, the people tried to impeach the town council because they thought such a road into the forest was a waste of public funds. <laughs> somehow, he said this, somehow these forward-looking people had lost vision. Once able to see across oceans, now they could not look five miles into the wilderness. Oh my. You know, and that reminds me, that reminds me of some churches who, you know, they start off great or maybe they break off from something that was going corrupt and they say, hey, you know, we're going to start something up. We want to be based on the word of God. And then throughout the years, corruption comes in. Oh, come on now. Throughout the years, now, now they're taking hold of some worldly things and they go right back to Egypt when at one time they had a pure vision to do what God was calling them to do and then they depart from that because of blurred spiritual vision. Let's not let that happen at RCC. Amen? Let's pursue Jesus Christ with our whole heart. Let's pursue the Holy Ghost with our whole heart. Amen? Let's invite and make the Holy Spirit feel welcome in this place. See, we all have need for clear spiritual vision and focus. When we lose sight of the overall purpose and vision of what we're all about and who we represent, when we lose sight of that, it becomes a work of man instead of a work of God. Personally and corporately. So many things in this country has been blurred. That's why the definition of being a Christian is blurred these days. See, Ozzy Osbourne, you know who he is, right? He, he called himself one time a Christian while he was doing drugs, worshiping the devil in his songs, and blaspheming the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I'm a Christian. But you know what? The other side of the coin he said, he said, but it's Jesus Christ I have a problem with. But you know what? Because he said, I'm a Christian, people take right on and say, whoa, this guy is for the Lord, isn't he? He called himself a Christian. Well, like I said before, if I go stand in my garage, that doesn't make me a car. Come on, where's the evidence? Where's the proof? Amen? Hallelujah. Why is it that such foundational doctrines in the Bible, such as, the, as healing, casting out demons, Holy Spirit baptism, are so rejected by mainstream denominations today that once embraced it all? Come on, Brother Wesley, Charles Wesley, these people who started wonderful moves of God. What happened? The vision, the, 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 vision, the vision got blurry. Oh, it got real blurry. Now they're picking things out like a, like a Sunday uh, breakfast bar. Are you hearing me? And they once embraced them. Do, do your homework on some of these things. Amen? Some of these men would turn over in their graves if they knew the truth wasn't being spoken like they wanted it to be when they started these moves. Amen? Somehow the devil got in. He was successful at blurring and distorting the spiritual vision of the people. Basic biblical doctrines have been are being compromised in the name of maintaining peace. And it's not right. In fact, listen to this. In Matthew 10.34, Jesus said that he did not come to bring peace to the world. Did you know that? Did you know that? It says that he did not come to bring peace. But in fact, it said, I come to bring a sword. A sword. Why, Jesus? Because I want to separate those who are really on my side and those who aren't. 
He wants to try to separate the Smith Wigglesworths from the Ozzy Osbournes. Are you hearing me? Come on now. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. So let's, I want to briefly talk about now. I want to talk about how spiritual vision grows dim a little bit more. Just I want to give you a few points here. Because the Word of God tells us in 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says that we are not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, right? Of his schemes. So let's talk a little bit, just a, a, a few points here, uh, of what makes spiritual vision grow dim. Number one, the obvious, unrepentant sin causes spiritual vision to grow dim. Go to Isaiah 59. Spiritual vision, if you're going to do anything for God, if you're, if you're going to stay faithful to Jesus, we got to do what it takes to maintain clear spiritual vision. Amen? Hallelujah. Isaiah 59.10 says this, We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as at twilight. We are as dead men in desolate places. Hello, this scripture is, is telling you what sin will do to you, spiritually speaking. It, it will blind you. You won't be able to tell right from wrong. You won't be able to discern good from evil when you get caught up in sin. Because sin is very deceiving. Amen? Unrepentant sin, in fact, will always put you in the dark spiritually. Next, broken relationships in the body of Christ causes spiritual blindness. And, and it, that goes with the video series that we're watching on uh, Wednesday nights, John Bevere, The Bait of Satan, where he talks about offense. He talks about unforgiveness and all these things. See, that broken relationships will cause blurriness. It will lead you in the dark. We need to deal with our hard issues. Amen? Go to uh, 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. I want to look at verses 9 through 11. It says, He who says he is the, in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother... Oh, come on. Now i got to point this out. This is talking about Christians. This is talking to Christians. This is not talking to the unbeliever. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going. He's groping in the dark, like Isaiah 59 said. He doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Now that scripture... It's talking about, obviously, your spiritual eyes. He's talking about your spiritual eyes. Your spiritual eyes. Your, your spirit man will become numb to the things of God. Have you ever been there before? I have. You just, you just, you just grow numb. You, you grow cold. You, you're not as sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You're not as sensitive to when he's convicting you anymore. Are you hearing me? It's real easy to get to that place. See, our relationship with the Lord is in direct proportion to our earthly relationships. Just think, it's a 90-degree angle. This has to be in line for that to be in line. Whew. Are you hearing me? It's got to. It's got to. The Word of God even says that our marriage is a picture of our relationship with the Lord. If your marriage is out of order, the Bible says that literally that your prayers will be hindered. 
that your prayers will be hindered. Now, I know why the Lord says husbands don't be bitter at your wives. You want to know why? Because it's a big temptation a lot of times, isn't it, men? Oh, I know. I'm going to get you in trouble. What am I doing? Just causing waves again, I know. Hallelujah. But it is. It's, it's very easy to get bitter at the wife sometime, isn't it? We got to walk in love. No, I'm in no way talking about my marriage here. Absolutely not, right? That was a joke, by the way. All right. Too much. Now, here's the next point. What causes spiritual vision to go blurry or dim? Too much focus on worldly things or the lust of the eyes will cause a loss of spiritual vision. Go to Psalms 119. Psalm, Psalm 119, verse 37. It says this, turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. Say worthless things. And revive me in your way. That scripture tells us that looking or focusing on worthless things of this world will cause my spiritual fire to go out. At that point, you need a spiritual revival. Amen? See, Adam and Eve chose that which was pleasing to the natural eye rather than protecting their spiritual eye by obeying God. They, they went with the natural. They went with the worldly thing instead of protecting their spiritual eyes by obeying God's command not to eat of the forbidden tree. In Genesis 13, Lot made a decision to go into a land that was, it says, pleasant to his eye. He didn't consult God. He didn't seek God on the matter at all. That's like, that's like you're out in Nevada somewhere and, and it's like, okay, take your pick of what way you want to go. You want to go to the desert place or there's Las Vegas over there. Lot chose Las Vegas. And you know what? Because he didn't consult God, because of that, his spiritual vision got blurry. And the result was that it brought much pain to himself personally and pain to his family. Parents, you need to understand that your spiritual vision sets the spiritual temperature for your whole family. Your failure to make God first will open the door to the enemy, to your children and to your household. Amen? It just will. If you don't believe me, you can try it for yourself, but uh, I'm not uh, recommending that. Amen? Sometimes we learn the hard way. Amen? Now listen. Here, here we go. What's the next one that makes spiritual vision go blurry? Focusing on your past will cause your spiritual eyes to grow dim. If you focus on your past. See, Lot and his family, when God told them to get out of Sodom, he said, don't look back when the fire falls on that city to destroy it, or else you will be turned into a pillar of salt. Whoever looks. Well, guess who looked back? Lot's wife. Lot's wife looked back because she couldn't let go of the past. And she, would not, she wasn't willing to reach for the future. And it cost her her life. Now maybe some of us when we do it, it's not going to cost us our physical life, but your spiritual life is at stake in this matter. If you're always looking back to your past failures, oh, I should have done this. I, let me just let you in on something. You're not able to change a thing about your past. The only thing you're able to do is move forward toward the future. So don't be like Lot's wife and get caught up in turning around. Keep moving forward. Amen? 
So she looked back. The moral of the story, first of all, obey God no matter the temptation. It will be worth it. Amen. Obeying God is always worth it. Amen. Secondly, focusing on your past, like I said, will kill your future. Now, I want to give you, just, I just want to, as I close here, talk about one of the biggest ingredients that you, need, you and I need to maintain spiritual vision. You want to know it? Here it is. The most important ingredient to maintaining spiritual vision is to maintain communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness. I know that sounds simple. You're like, well, Pastor James, what about your love walk? What about this? What about that? No. When you maintain fellowship and communion with the Holy Spirit, all those other things will fall into place. Go to John 16, 13. John 16, verse 13. Real popular passage. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you, or show you, King James says, things to come. See, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. In other words, that lie that you're holding on to, thinking that you're going to be blessed while you're holding on to that unrepentant sin, is confronted by the truth from the Holy Spirit. That lie that you're holding on to, that holding hate and bitterness and resentment in your heart toward a person, and you still think you're okay, you get slapped in the face by the Holy Spirit with the truth. He will lead us into all truth. He will try, he is constantly, it's like a, he's like a radar in your spirit, man, going back and forth, back and forth, and he's seeing, is there anything there that's hindering fellowship with him? And when there's a blip on that radar screen, see, I'm a pilot, I'm using pilot talk now. When there's a blip on that ra radar screen, the Holy Ghost says, hey, we got a bogey at 12 o'clock right here, you got to deal with this thing. Are you hearing me? So he will always lead you into all truth. He is, the Bible says, our helper. He's our counselor. He's our standby. Are you hearing me? If we truly took hold of, of the fullness of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't have to dish out 150 bucks for a psychiatrist. Are you hearing me? Because the Holy Spirit is free and he's effective. Hallelujah. And he just doesn't sit there and go, hmm... He gives you practical advice. Are you hearing me? Now, that's okay. If you have to go to a psychiatrist, I'm just saying we need to take advantage of the fullness of the Holy Spirit's ministry on this earth. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, like I said, all of the points that I mentioned are constantly, constantly being monitored by the Holy Spirit in our life. And He will let you know when there's a problem. But you know what? Here's the key. Are you ready for the big key? When he shows us that thing, we have to respond and make the change. See, I mean, the Holy Spirit can do I mean, the Holy Spirit can, can tap you on the shoulder all he wants, but it still comes down to you and I coming to the place of saying, yeah, you know, I am wrong. I, I, I'm tired of this. I, I can't go on this way anymore. I need to make a change. We all need to come to that place, don't we? So to maintain your relationship with the Holy Spirit means that you are very conscious not to grieve Him. It means that you're ready and willing 
to make the proper changes in your life. That's going to make him feel welcomed in your, in your life, in your midst. There's a song that the praise team sings sometimes. Make my heart a home for you. Amen? A home. Not just a hotel to stay for a couple days and boot him out. But a home, a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. Amen? It means that you and I take the time to study the Word of God. It means that you and I take time to fellowship with the Lord through prayer. And basically, your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ is at the center stage of your life. You don't do anything before consulting Him, before consulting what the Word of God says. Amen? When you and I are diligent to do that, our spiritual vision will get clearer. Are you, do you have confusion today? Take a step back. Say, Holy Ghost, what is it? What is it? Is there, is there anything on the radar screen? And you know what? Then, then you need to go get, listen to my message, Waiting on the Lord. Because <laughs> a lot of times, sometimes, you know, things don't happen immediately. Don't know why that is. But all I know is if you constantly con continue to seek the Lord with your whole heart, He will always show up. He will always. He is faithful. Amen? We sing another song in the praise team. It's called Faithful Father. And he is a faithful father. He wants to bless us. When we do that, you and I will begin to see things how God sees them. We'll begin to feel about things how God feels about them. That, that the walls that are up, that shield that's up that would kind of make us numb to things. That maybe dampened our compassion level. That's dampened some things. Those walls will begin to come down in our life. And that is when we can labor together with the Lord and advance his kingdom on this earth. Amen? If you agree with that, stand up. If you're still sitting down, I'm going to walk around with a paddle. Oh, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we give you praise and glory. Holy Spirit, we need you to reveal those things to us that would hinder us, that would blur our spiritual vision. The first ingredient to backsliding is spiritual vision being blurred. Because if, if your spiritual vision was clear, you would see the, the devastation that sin can bring on your life. You, you'll see the devastation and you'll say, what, you know, in a nutshell, you'll basically say, what idiot would do this thing? But you know what? It's easy when your vision is blurred to fall into the pit of those things. Amen? That's the importance of it. Now, maybe there's someone in this place you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Jesus is the door. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but through Him. You need to get saved today. You need to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. You don't know. You know, I should say this. If you knew the torments of hell, if you knew that you would be running to this altar on your face saying, Jesus, save me from the pits of hell. Save me from this terrible place for eternity. Today, you have that chance if you're in this place today. You have that chance. And secondly, I want to say this. Maybe you made Jesus Lord of your life in the past. And you know what? Maybe you're one that your vision has gotten blurred. 
Maybe these points that I brought up are just smacking you right in the face. Well, that's, that's the Holy Spirit revealing that to you. And you need to respond to him today. If frankly you don't know if you took your last breath right now and fell dead. If you don't know that you know that you would go to heaven, I want you to come forward to this altar today. Just settle it. Just settle it today. Make Jesus Lord of your life. Rededicate your life to him. Maybe there's someone in here you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Friend, it is a basic doctrine in the Word of God. I, I just don't know where people can get off taking that part out. I, I just don't see it. If it's in the Word, it's basic. Are you hearing me? It's in there. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come to this altar. And I just simply want to pray for you and with you to receive Him, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're in this place and you have a physical infirmity. You have an emotional infirmity. Maybe you struggle with fear. Maybe there's some a chemical imbalance, whatever it is. I want those four groups to come over here by this prayer wall. And I want to have the privilege of praying with you today. The rest of you, I'm opening the altar. And if you want to recommit your life and you say, Lord, I want my spiritual vision to be clear. I don't want to get thrown off course. I'm coming back. Open my spiritual eyes. Open my spiritual ears that I will stay in line with you no matter what the devil and the world try to, to throw at me. That's you. I want you just to come to this altar. Hallelujah. I hear the Holy Spirit say that today is a day of refocusing. Today is a day of refocusing. The devil has done his best to throw you off course. He's put that confusion on you. But today, I hear the Holy Spirit saying he's, gonna, he's refocusing you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your vision's going to get clearer today. All you got to do is be willing. All you have to do is be willing and say, Lord, change me. Change me. Change me. Hallelujah. Now, all these need prayer over here. Is this right?
we need the fire of God in our midst. Amen? We all need to be set ablaze for Jesus. Hallelujah. fire hits you, you'll never be the same again. timing of God is awesome, isn't it? I mean, right when we think that maybe something is is late. God, where were you? It's right in time. Because maybe that thing we wanted, I mean, we just wouldn't have been able to handle it, you know? And, and he's working something in us. I, 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 all I know is if you hold on to this, these facts, God is a good God. He's looking out for you. He has a future and a hope for you. If you just know that, man, I tell you what, the anxiety is just gone. It's gone. It, it just takes the load off of you. It takes the weight off of you. Amen. He's looking out for you. If you are his child, he's looking out for you. Hallelujah. He is so looking out for you and I. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. He is awesome. Now, maybe there's someone here uh, from last week. You were here last week, or maybe you weren't here, and, and you heard Cindy preach, or you didn't. Maybe if you didn't have a chance to get one of her books. I know someone came up to me last week and said, oh, I want a book. Are they still here? And actually, you left. So did you bring books today? They brought more books. So if you want a, a book of Cindy's about her testimony, 
of her healing of cancer and just the wonderful work that God has done and is doing in her life. Come up and see them. Amen? Wednesday night, Revival Generation, 7 o'clock. Let's get this thing back, back going. Amen? Let's get it fired up again. Amen. 7 o'clock, we're going to start watching the half-hour video of John Bevere. It's good stuff. Come on back. If you can't come on Wednesday, remember Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, 7 to 9, prayer uh, in the sanctuary if you're able to make it. If not, we'll see you on Sunday. God bless you. Step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown Where Jesus is And he's holding out his hand But the waves are calling out my name And they laugh at me Reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed The waves they keep on telling me Time and time